Thank you. Boy, that was neat. Appreciate that. And Blackies, thank you for the sacrifice that you made getting up here. You slipped and slid and everything. Um, <laughs> poor Jeff. You know, Jeff moved, and he's, he's south of town. And uh, he did a 360 today coming in. <laughs> he got lost in a roundabout. <laughs> We have a lot to pray for. I didn't, uh, can we, uh, dim the lights? Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to sunburn you with my head. There, got y'all, got y'all, got y'all. Uh, Sarita fell yesterday. Pray for her because she, she hit, did something with her rib cage and I don't know that maybe you can check her out. And... Okay, you just got the nurses okay. But pray for her because she, she is really, she is miserable last night and she's not feeling really good today. So, um, And another disclaimer, I, I went and got uh, uh, picked up uh, Jerry and Peg today, and Jerry uh, uh, and I were, were talking, and um, while Jerry was talking, I was listening, and uh, he was telling me about a church that he had, and you know, uh, we, pastors are funny people, I mean, we, we're, we're different, and uh, he got in trouble with a guy in his church because he frowned at him. Jerry says, I don't even remember. I, I remember frowning at the guy. You know, it, it just was looking for something to grouse at. So here's, here's what I'm saying. If, if you say hello to me and I don't respond, I may not have heard you because my ears aren't good. And I, I may be having some other things on my mind. So catch me after and I'll, I'll, I'll smile at you. I'll hug your neck. I'll shake your hand. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But please don't think I'm grouchy or ignoring you because I'm not. I love you. We're going to finish up what uh, Jesus wants for Christmas. And today, he's wanting ambassadors. Ladies, ambassadors. You're taking notes, right? Okay. Yeah, get, some, get some notes. This is good stuff. Matthew 2, 1 through 12 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, magi, or wise men... From the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of, of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi, the wise men, actually ambassadors from the east, 
and determined from them the exact time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. Now, this snake in the grass wasn't about to worship him. He was wanting to kill him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi, the wise men, the ambassadors, left for their own country by another way. You know, although this is a festive time of year, it can also be difficult for a group whose, whose needs all too often are overlooked. And that group is men. It's, it's taken me 51 years to appreciate Christmas. Christmas was not a happy time for me as a, as a kid growing up. Um, but Sarita kind of loved me out of that, and, and she started having these babies, and then they got married, and they started having babies. Then their babies got married and started having I'm babied to death. And so Christmas is really a, a, a very special time now. So I'm, I'm starting to get out of the Scrooge. There's still a little bit of Scrooge left in me, but uh, I, I understand a little bit more about what it is. But, but why is it that Christmas is so hard on men? And, and there's many complex and subtle reasons, and basically it's women. That's the problem. Now, I'm not saying that in a derogatory fashion. It's, it's women understand, I think, how to, how to help us worship, how to help us celebrate family, how, to, how much Chris, how the, the, the whole thing of Christmas is such a special event for them, and they know how to pull it off, and we guys don't, and sometimes we feel guilty because they're doing all of this stuff, and, and we kind of don't have a clue of what's going on. It, it, sometimes that doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. I mean, we, many of us are clueless. But we know from the Bible that the wise men showed up in Bethlehem and gave baby Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Incidentally, that was probably two years after Jesus was born. There, there's a lot of things that we have, uh, myths, and I'm going to talk about that uh, right before Christmas, the, the myths of Christmas. And, and, you know, gold is a nice gift. Everybody likes gold. If you like gold, I, I, you know, I, I, like, I like bullion. I don't necessarily need jewelry. But, I, you know, big bars... I, I like I like that, and and then the frankincense and myrrh and and frankincense and myrrh are 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 gum resins. Are you kidding me? These guys gave the baby Jesus, the King of Kings, two bottles of sap. I didn't get it, and 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 that's what I initially thought. But frankincense and myrrh were desired for personal and religious and medicinal use before they bathed daily. Uh, they, they, they didn't have the resources to bathe daily. The, uh, these resins would often uh, be, be uh, uh, on, uh, set on fire and the smoke would uh, kind of burn off the stink. <laughs> and so, you, you know, you got, you got 
smoke going up your pits and it makes you smell good, I guess. Clearly, uh, these substances were also widely used in uh, religious ceremonies and burials. And they were widely available when the Magi visited the baby Jesus and would have been considered practical gifts because guys can be practical with with a whole lot of, of uses. And it was an expensive gift. The, the, the resins were symbolic as, as well. Frankincense was burned and it symbolized prayer. We've, we've come up with this, you know, rising up to, uh, to heaven. And, and uh, it, it also was used in embalming and symbolizing death. And frankincense and myrrh weren't as popular today as they once were. But some of them are used as, as uh, cosmetics. Snake bite back in that day. The, uh, frankincense and myrrh would help uh, heal that. Uh, it, it was beneficial for asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, osteoarthritis, colitis, and again, snake bite. So these guys, these, the, they, were, they, were, they were ambassadors. They, they came to worship Jesus, but they didn't come empty-handed. They, they came with things that were practical that could, that could help the family. And yet you say, who in the world gives gifts like this to a baby? Men. And the wise men, being men, uh, uh, you know, they had to plan early because they couldn't just, you know, stop off at Big Al's Christmas shop in, in Bethlehem. They, they, had to, they had to plan. And, and so what exactly do you give a king who has everything, you give him, who has power and wealth and, and wisdom? And we've been answering the question over the last couple of weeks of what does Jesus want for Christmas? So here, let me tell you what he wants. He wants disciples who will give him complete control in their life. Secondly, he wants servants to follow his example and demonstrate his love. And lastly, he wants ambassadors to represent him in this world. And that's what an ambassador is. An ambassador is someone who is a diplomatic official of the highest rank appointed as a representative to uh, uh, live in residence in another country under another government and, and usually for a specific period of time. An authorized messenger or representative in, in, in order for the United States to, to protect our interests in foreign nations, we have ambassadors appointed to, to government. These men and women are sent to live in other countries to serve as our representatives. So Jesus wants ambassadors for Christmas. He wants people who are going to represent him and his kingdom until he returns. In, in uh, Matthew 9, 35-38 and, and 10-1, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into the fields. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. See, it's God's desire that all men and women and children be saved through the shed blood of Christ. We all agree with that. And I find it fascinating that this, that this snapshot in the life of Jesus, as he, as he looks over the crowd of people, 
he sees so many who would respond to that good news. He sees it. And in his heart, he's pouring out his heart to, 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 the, to his disciples, and, and, and he's passionate about reaching these people. And we as ambassadors, we should be passionate about reaching the lost in our community. And Jesus, Jesus says, they're here, they're going to, they, they need to respond, and they'll respond to love and shepherding that, that, that I can offer them, but I need ambassadors. I need some people, I need men and women and children who are willing to step out of their comfort zone and go in and tell people about the good news. And we have opportunities like that daily. And if you say, you say well, John, I, I really don't pray specifically, Lord, send someone in my path who I can share the good news with. And, and here's a tip. Don't share and say, you need to go talk to the preacher. You are an ambassador. You have been called. You, my friends, can share that good news immediately and not have to wait for somebody else. There's no shortage in the amount of people who will respond to the gospel. But look at some amazing truths about our role as, as ambassadors for Christ. They, they speak and act with his authority. You, as Christian men and women, think about that. You have the very authority of Jesus Christ. He's given it to you. And if you go back in, in Matthew 9 and verse 35, it describes what Jesus was doing and, and going to teach and preach. He says, you, 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 you're going to go out, you're going to teach, and you're going to preach, and you're going to heal. And he, and he teaches of the need for workers to go out in his name and bring salvation to the lost. And so 10.9 records that he called his disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. Jesus doesn't want disciples who are a bunch of lame ducks. He wants ambassadors who are willing to serve, who are active, and who are ready to step out and do the bidding of their Lord and Master. Nor are we, we to act in our own authority to try and bring change into people's lives or, or to convince them that they need Jesus. We have that authority to share that wonderful gospel of grace and doing so, we leave the results up to the Holy Spirit to draw them in. When we go out to serve someone in the name of Jesus or to speak to them about the need for repentance, we go in the authority of Christ. When we pray for someone to be healed, we don't do it in our own authority. We have been given authority in the name of Jesus to pray for healing. Did Jesus Christ heal everyone that he came in contact with? No. He, had a certain, he, he, he healed a certain number of people. And, and would that I had the gift of healing, I don't, but I, do, I can pray. And I can pray for your healing. And I do pray for your healing. And I pray for the courage to be able to, to share my heart with your heart if the healing doesn't work. Sometimes Jesus just chooses to let my brother Jack go home. Sometimes he chooses not to heal that, that, that little boy who's got leukemia. 
We don't understand it. But sometimes he chooses to heal and heal completely. And we are obligated to teach the good news and we also have the authority to pray. And the same idea comes through in our, our foundational scriptures, uh, which is the Great Commission. And, and in Matthew 28, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority. I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So he's got these, these 10, the 12 disciples, the, the original ambassadors. He said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, King James says, lo, I am with you always. That means that only the short people get to preach. <laughs> so, so he says, I am, I, am, I am going to be with you to the end. You're never going to be without my presence or my authority. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to make that happen. He's given us the Holy Spirit who goes ahead of us and draws the people in. And we, as Christ's ambassadors, just share the good news. He has all authority, but he, and he's always with us. Therefore, as his ambassadors, we've been given authority to speak and act in his name. When he sent out 72 of his disciples, two by two, he told them this. He says, then he said to the disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. Anyone who rejects you is rejecting me, and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him. They said, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes. Scorpion. Crush them. Nothing will injure you. Have you guys looked at that stupid movie show on uh, uh, Extreme Pain? You seen that? It's ignorant. Have you seen? It? You know, they they hold out their arm and some moron puts a scorpion on them and sees how much pain they can take. They let snakes bite them. Lionfish. Poison. I mean, this is this is crazy. I'm waiting for one of them, the guy. The guy was sitting down. And he was ready to pass out, and they had oxygen on him. Well, of course. You bonehead, you just got stung by a poisonous fish. Jesus says, you're not to tempt all this stuff, but I'm going to protect you. I'm with you. And you can walk among those serpents and scorpions. And nothing is going to injure you because you're walking in my power. When we step out to do his work, we never have to fear or whether or not we have power, the power we need. He's promised us that we have authority to defeat Satan. He's promised to be with us. He has promised us his power. So why is it that we Christians have an opportunity to share the gospel and our knees start banging together and our tongue gets dry, we, our mouth gets dry and we can't speak, we can't say a word and, and it's, it's uh, here, here's a card to the church, go talk to the preacher. And then, they're gone. Why is the notion of being Christ's ambassador scary? 
Why is it scary? Well, I'm just not an outward person. Well, I'm not either. But I'm commanded to do his work, so I need to be an outward person. And I think sometimes I'm afraid because of what people might think of me. Or sometimes I fear rejection. Sometimes I struggle with pride. Maybe you might have those same issues yourselves. But if we get ourselves out of the equation and tap into the power of Jesus, it can eliminate our fears. In Luke ten sixteen, then he said to the disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. Anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. So it isn't about you. It isn't about me. It's about people who are, who are willing to step out and if they reject Jesus, if they reject the message that we give them, it's not about us. Quit making it personal. Get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit work. We need to be persistent. Uh, I had a, 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 a prof in, in personal evangelism, and he was a character. And uh, he also taught uh, archaeology. His name was Mickey Malinak, and he was a, he was a World War II hero. Uh, was in the Africa, uh, fought against uh, Rommel's Africa Corps, and uh, he, he was a hero. He, got, he, got some, uh, he had a plate in his head, and we, we thought that's what kind of made him not quite right. <laughs> but he had, a, he had a really, really, really bad toupee. And when he'd get excited, that thing would start slipping and sliding around, and, and he'd take that thing off, and he'd throw it down, and he'd say, but let me tell you something, young warriors. He was talking to guys, and we were all young warriors. He said, I knock on that door, and they slam the door in front of me in my face, and he says, I walk around to the back of the door and say, pardon me, madam, I think the wind blew that front door shut. Let me tell you about Jesus. And he, he, was, he was nutty enough to do that. Bold enough, not nutty enough. He was bold enough to do that. But he wants ambassadors to go out in his name with his authority to represent him. The second thing, ambassadors for Christ are to bring God's message of reconciliation, adjustment of a difference, reconciliation to the world. 2 Corinthians 5.20, He died for everyone so that those who receive him, receive his new life, will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has become, begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Reconciliation means simply an adjustment of a difference. In Jesus Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. And this is the incredible news. It's, it's the good news. It's the gospel. 
And, and that's our assignment as God's ambassadors. Our main message to the world is summed up in the world word reconciliation. Each person has a choice. Every single buddy in here, in this, in this place, has a choice. We can choose to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, to repent of our sin and come into relationship with God, or to go our own way and reject the offer of reconciliation that God has made. And, and it's that simple. God desired reconciliation from, from, for man. You know, the amazing thing is when we, as, as followers of Christ, recognize our role as ambassadors and are willing to act when the Holy Spirit gives us an assignment, amazing things will happen. I've told you uh, often about Jennifer Kowalski. And uh, this, is a, this is a young lady that I met coming back from Denver on an airplane. And I was able through a, a number of, of incredible interventions of God creating a storm uh, uh, to bring this young lady to Christ. And over the years, she's had struggles. And she's got a couple of kids now. And she's not married, but she's got a, she's got a guy. And uh, she looked me up on Facebook a couple of years ago and asked are you the same guy that talked to me about Jesus in the airport? And I said, yes, Jennifer, I am that guy. And so we had a wonderful, a wonderful conversation about this, this young lady, and I had the privilege of, of being involved and showing her the reconciliation of Jesus Christ. And today she is a vibrant, vibrant worker in the church that, down in Mississippi somewhere. See, we can all have a Jennifer Kowalski in our life or a Bill Jones. We can always, we can, we can run into that, that person that, that, we've, that we've met and, and by chance God has put them in our lives and we have that wonderful opportunity as ambassadors to bring them into reconciliation, adjust that difference. They were dead in sin they receive Christ, they're reconciled, and now they, be, they have become a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I did that for you, Jerry. That's King James as I get. <laughs> so, so the old things are passed away, and that doesn't mean... These old buzzards like, like me and Todd had a birthday, so you're getting in the old buzzard category too, brother. It's not that. It's the old things of life, that old sin nature, that old patterns that we have. It's that old friendships that have caused us to fall. It's that old, old, that, that old way of speaking, where we're hanging out, what we're listening to, what we're reading, what we're singing. Old things are gone because we've been reconciled. Two women tragically ended their lives by jumping off a bridge for whatever reason. And a local pastor took some of his church people to the bridge on a Sunday afternoon and simply prayed for God to protect others 
who would be so depressed that they would try to end their lives that way as well. Amazingly, shortly after the group arrived, they saw another group arriving, and it was the family and friends of one of the women who jumped, and they were going to have a prayer vigil on that very bridge. They were opening, openly grieving, and they had no one to lead their service for them, and one of the men approached the mother of the woman who jumped and offered the services of their church group to help facilitate the memorial service. Now, if you want to say, hey, let me have the preacher talk to you, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you do that. But what followed was an incredible opportunity for the pastor to share the gospel about reconciliation and how Jesus Christ is the bridge to bring us back to God. And what was a moment of despair became a moment of hope. And these, these types of stories are what God wants to do all over our community. And our community, friends, is ready for us. The fall of Palooza, was that just was that just a good time where we could eat hamburgers and hot dogs, play games, listen to music? Was that just a good time? Or was it a plan, a strategic plan to reach our community? And I think that it was. I think that we were laser focused and it hasn't ended. It's only just begun. We have been a church of, of wondering and wringing our hands, why, Lord, why can't we, why can't we, we grow? Why can't we, why can't we move forward? Where, where, where are the people? And I'm looking out. And if you turn around, friends, in the front, we've got people. You know, I, 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 Serena and I were talking this morning that, that uh, you know, snow's going to keep people away. It didn't. Well, maybe it did some. But go out and get them. Go out and get them. Bring them in. Ambassadors are needed who will go in the authority of Christ with a message of reconciliation to bring in the harvest that's waiting for us. Will you give Jesus what he really wants for Christmas this year? Will you begin living as an ambassador? Will you pray daily for God to speak and act through you to a lost and dying world? Will you obey the next time you're prompted to speak of God's plan of reconciliation with an unbeliever? Let's pray. Lord, I, I thank you for every bit of the, of the ministry that we have today. Lord, I thank you for the way that you use instruments and voices, an offering plate, comfortable chairs, to prompt us into worship. Lord, may we be ambassadors for Christ. May we have that passion to reach our community with the wonderful good news of reconciliation. Lord, help us to not get tongue-tied. Help us, Lord, to use every opportunity that you give us. And give us those opportunities, Lord. And if, and if you need to, to give us a gentle nudge or even a whack, 
Lord, do what you have to do to get our attention. And then give us courage. Lord, I thank you for each and every one that's here today. And Father, if there is if there's someone here that says, you know, I, I want to be that new creation, John. I, I, I want that. What do I have to do? Friend, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you need to have an adjustment of a difference made in your life. Pray a real simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I, I, I've, I've got complete 100% buy-in what what's being said here. But Lord, in the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my life and save me from my sin. And I believe when you died on that cross, you died in my place that I could live with you forever in heaven. And I thank you in your son's precious name. If someone, if you prayed that prayer today and you never have before, slip your hand up. Nobody looking around. I want to pray with you. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Father, bless us and keep us. Lord, I pray for the food that we are about to partake. Lord, may our fellowship be sweet. May our conversation be good. Help us, Lord, to, to really uh, engage in, in, uh, in conversation and, in, and in, that, in that sweet fellowship. For we ask it in your Son's precious name and thanking you for everything that you've laid before us in your Son's name. Amen.